0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Hello, you've reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz.
2: And I am Matt.
1: And this week we're talking...
2: Indy Pittsburgh, Jacoby Brissett Goes Down, and Mason Rudolph. ain't it
1: hey guess what neither is Mitch Trubisky
2: the Kansas City backfield is back on our radar
1: in Buffalo and Washington there's one old running back one young running back and then uh, Adrian Peterson
2: hey uh, Seattle Tampa Bay Tyler Lockett rocks and DK Metcalf breaks out oh and by the way they also handed Josh Gordon
1: don't look now but the
2: Raiders are doing things and some quick hits on the rest of the games
1: leave a message we'll be back maybe Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. I'm here with Matt Harmon. Brett Raider is also here saying very good about the Broncos quarterback of the future, Brandon Allen.
0: Uh, we're, we're set. We're set till the 2030s at least uh, at quarterback. So we'll just go fill out the rest of that team offensive line and, uh, you know, linebackers. But we're, we're good here in Denver.
1: No thumbs up for Drew Locke.
0: We'll we'll test him out later in the year, but maybe we'll trade him to uh, Miami or so after they've given up on Tua Tagovailoa. Dude, like, oh. I'll take him
1: in Chicago. How about oh, we trade yeah. him there? Oh. We will glad. Oh. I will gladly take him. But before we get to all that, there's another. Well, I guess this summer he was the backup, though he is certainly the starter. Jacoby Brissett went down with a knee sprain. Frank Wright calls it MCL ish. Like not sure yet.
2: <laughs> MCL adjacent. Right.
1: So Hoyer, the Destroyer, played in relief of Brissett. We should mention also that Jacoby Brissett went down in the second quarter of the game. A little friendly fire, Matt. That's mm. some lingo that gets inside tossed around. inside industry uh, mm-hmm. sort yes. of
2: lingo there. Yes, nice. Yes. Yes. Nice.
1: And in relief, as I was mentioning earlier, of Brissett, Hoyer completed seventeen of twenty-six passes for one hundred and sixty-eight yards and three touchdowns. Also, just one interception, and four sacks. I will say this much. This is a little this is a little tangent I found. Okay. So sometimes we talk about sacks as an offensive line issue. Other times we talk about sacks being a quarterback stat. Brian Hoyer had four sacks in this game. We know that Quentin Nelson is, like, the best damn player in the NFL, perhaps. Uh, but we know for sure that the Colts' O-line is very, very good. And the only time that Jacoby Brissett has had four sacks was against Denver two weeks ago. Otherwise, he's always been under this number. So I just found it interesting that Hoyer, without even playing a full four quarters, had as many sacks as Brissett had at his peak two weeks ago against the Broncos.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say too that Pittsburgh is a really good pass rushing defense. That's also, yeah, you know, but you're T. right. TJ
1: Watt was up in there.
2: Quarterbacks. Some people would argue that it's a, it's for sure. Quarterbacks are the actual real decider of the amount of sacks a team lets up and and all that. So I I think it's interesting. I mean, man, could you imagine if you told a Colts fan Brian Hoyer will be uh, leading you down the field for a potential game-winning drive against an AFC challenger with a pretty equal record to you? If you told them that back in July, they'd be like, I'm sorry, what are you talking about?
1: No, but then you'd say, oh, wait, my HD is Frank Reich. And what he does is elevate backups because of incredible play calling.
2: Right. But I mean, I think I think they would have their first question would be like, what the hell happened to Andrew? We'll what the hell tonight. happened to Andrew Luck? And oh, <laughs> by the way, why the hell is it Brian Hoyer? That sure. that guy's in New England. So just, you know, life comes at you fast.
1: Indeed. Are there so this game was particularly interesting because there was no T.Y. Hilton. Now there's no Jacoby Brissett. Is there any life for any of these? Indianapolis skill players.
2: Oh, I mean, I think so. Outside of Marlon Mack, yeah, because obviously
1: well, we're going to lean on him, right?
2: Yeah, we like Marlon Mack. He had over 20 carries today um, against a pretty stout run defense overall, too. So I, I think that you're still looking at these guys kind of in that committee approach, like not for nothing, too. Paris Campbell came back and played pretty well today, too. Had some decent looks in receiving game. Had some looks as a rusher. I expect him to now that he's healthy. And in the mix, I think he'll be part of the the mix going forward. I think he'll be a factor. But it's really been Zach Pascal that has been. And, you know, I don't know if we ever really like I did the whole offseason series on drum beats. And I don't think I ever really picked up on this one. But there was a lot of excitement about Zach Pascal way, way back in like mini camps and training camps for mm-hmm. a lot of the Colts beat writers. It just had never really come to fruition, at least early in the season. But the last few weeks, he has he's been kind of one of the top guys there.
1: Yeah, he led Indianapolis's receiving core in looks with T.Y. out. He converted 5 of 6 for 76 in a touch. This was his third touchdown in three weeks, and he's also cleared 70 yards in three of his last five games. And here's a fun fact. He is averaging the most fantasy points per target at 2.75, also only 19% owned. So if you're looking with bye weeks and injuries to add to your receiver core— I do think this is a good option, and obviously his chemistry with Hoyer is good enough, and Hilton is going to be out three to four weeks.
2: Yeah, I like that he produced with both of the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good sign.
1: And he did snag a ball. Really gorgeous. Like, he did, you know, win a 50-50. So it's not just a volume issue here, but it's a skill-plus volume. Yeah. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett has been enough of an answer for the Colts, but Mason Rudolph, on the other side of this matchup, is not the answer unequivocally
2: i've seen enough sorry i've seen i just don't want to watch mason rudolph anymore like maybe he could be good at some point but the point of the, the real issue here is that this guy is not giving them starting caliber quarterback play especially he's wildly inconsistent from not just like quarter to quarter but series to series sometimes even down to down he like i think his pocket presence sucks I think he just makes a ton of mistakes under pressure. He just doesn't move the offense. I just think we've seen enough already to say, like, this guy is not the future of the franchise. And he's definitely right now not enough at all. Like, if if the if the Steelers had to go into the offseason right now, knowing all that they know about Mason Rudolph right now, I have no idea how they'd possibly feel good about, like, okay, Ben comes back off a serious injury. But at least we got Mason here to to count on. I, I don't think you're feeling good about that, and I don't. I don't see how this team could possibly be feeling good about their odds to push for a playoff spot here. Like they're not making the playoffs, but but there's still some hope. Is it,
1: Even if they do, like Where even if going? they do, exactly, you're going
2: to first round exit, no Fantastic. question. And here's here's the biggest thing that got on my uh, radar today was that pittsburgh fans when i tweeted like i've seen enough of mason rudolph like that that'll be enough for me people like well how can you judge him he doesn't even have the green light to go down field it's like dude if you don't have the if you if your team is not giving you the green light to go downfield that's damning enough like you that's that says it all right there like that's not an excuse in favor of the quarterback that's a that's a a clear sign that the team doesn't believe in you
1: that's also a problem with the receivers because we've talked about Juju yeah. not being a number one, and they have a number two working as a number one. Deontay Johnson has flashed in opportunities, but, I, I mean, this is not a star caliber no, X receiver. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know?
2: it's, a, it's a problematic offense. They are just – it's painfully obvious watching them that they just lack difference makers. And there have been injuries, obviously unforeseen circumstances. That's they why
1: you need a quarterback.
2: Yeah, you need a quarterback to elevate and I don't – that's the thing. It's like Rudolph certainly is not at the point in his career. And, you know, he's, he's like five games in, so it's, it, it is what it is. But, like, he doesn't look like he's a guy that's going to elevate outside of the situation around him. In fact, I think the problem is, is that he makes the – he often is a reason that the situation looks worse than it is.
1: And this isn't one of those situations that you can blame on the offensive line because for so, mm. so many weeks, I hear us giving quarterbacks passes. Baker Mayfield – um, Name them, Philip Rivers, like, oh, but they're O-line, oh, Sam but they're Darnold. O-line. Sam Darnold, oh, but they're O-line. According to Football Outsiders, the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is without Mike Munchak, by the way, so I think props, right? Yeah. Um,
0: they have good players. The
1: number one ranked pass blocking unit. They've allowed just seven sacks on the whole damn season, and yet Mason Rudolph has a YP of 6.6. He's a bottom five A dot. just three money throws on the season. I mean, come on, When when Vance McDonald is your leading receiver, there's a big problem.
2: The problem also is, too, is like when we're looking, when you're comparing it to quarterbacks like Philip Rivers to Sam Darnold to, you know, you name them. The thing is, Baker Mayfield, perfect example. We have seen games from them in the league where it's like, okay, this guy belongs, like even stretches. Darnold had the stretch to end last season. Baker Mayfield broke the damn rookie touchdown record. Like we've seen these guys play well. Philip Rivers obviously has a long, long career. But guys like Rosen. Or Mason Rudolph. Like, we've just seen straight nothing from these guys to this point in the NFL. And that's a problem. I mean, it's great that the Steelers were so confident that they could ship off Josh Dobbs, which now looks like, man, it would be kind of nice. We were to,
1: talking about that earlier I don't today. think Josh yeah.
2: Dobbs is it either.
1: But it would be nice to evaluate him because the chasm between even Rudolph and Duck Hodges is so vast that you can't turn to any other options. Right now in the trade, yeah. they had, trade deadline has passed.
2: Has come and gone. So I, I think that's the thing. I, I, I wrote about this in a piece a couple of weeks ago. Like, evaluating young quarterbacks is the hardest thing to do in sports, I think. Like, it just especially especially in football, right? Like, because I don't think you can go from Nathan Peterman bad to, or like, you name it, you know, guys that just straight up can't play. I don't think you can go from like that level to being a great quarterback, but I think you can cycle between like good quarterback and, slightly below average like starter all the it's time. A balance it's it's just and, and it. it's all about the ecosystem mm-hmm. too and i think rudolph is not in a perfect ecosystem there are certainly flaws obviously but we haven't seen anything to the point that i think he can be in this chasm he's not
1: elevating it no either he's not helping it thrive i do want to say Because in fantasy, we like to spin forward, right? Mm -hmm. Week 10, the Steelers have the Rams will be coming off of a bye, theoretically rested. I will say now both you and I were down on Deontay Johnson in week nine. Brad Evans and the rest of our FFL crew seemed a bit higher on him. I do think I'm not off of him completely. It is problematic that Mason Rudolph isn't chucking the ball and he would, you know, probably be one of those outside deeper threats.
2: Yeah. Like he might be good. I think Deontay Johnson might be good. He might be good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he is limited by his quarterback, though we've seen him flash, right? Mm -hmm. If you're looking at the Rams secondary, I do think matchup-wise, it would not surprise me if Deontay Johnson had like a four-catch, 60-yard, one-touchdown outing in Week 10 versus the Rams. So look at your options uh, heading into Week 10, and if you have a bunch of players on a bye or you're going to need someone, maybe, and you own Deontay Johnson, don't drop him just yet. Maybe flex him if you need to for next week if you're looking ahead.
2: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. But, Liz, speaking of quarterbacks who aren't oh. the answer. <laughs> hey, speaking of quarterbacks who aren't the answer and also speaking of quarterbacks who fluctuate. Because I think Carson Wentz is one of these quarterbacks right now who fluctuates.
1: Don't even put them in the same conversation. No,
2: I'm not. I'm saying I'm saying Trubisky's in this bottom group where, with guys like Mason Rudolph where it's like, we just haven't seen anything other than, what, that damn Tampa Bay game that people are still excited about? No, you know, the six last touchdown. week of
1: the playoffs.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, like he had like a quarter, yeah, where he was good.
1: That's it. He had a half of a quarter,
2: but like we haven't seen a stretch where Trubisky, like, okay, he's got it. Like obviously Carson Wentz has he got, got it, it. He, he he, but he's got it. he's all the way between this. He's fluctuated a little bit with his situation as it's come and gone, which is pretty, pretty, uh, f- pretty familiar. Also worth noting that Carson Wentz was a guy that after his rookie year, people were like, "Does he have mechanics issues?" But it's like the pro, the thing is. He got better off those. Uh, The quarterback on the other side of the field today is a guy who has never gotten better from that.
1: Ten completions. Ten completions. That's it.
2: At the half, they had a yard, a net passing yard, one yard.
1: I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well. There is nothing. Like, the frustrating part is that, and we talked a little bit about this on one of our halftime shows, Ryan Pace made a mistake. Yep. He picked wrong. His picker was off. There is no denying it. This is a, we could have had Patrick Mahomes. We could have had Deshaun Watson. We traded up for a guy that the front office was stoked about, despite the fact that John Fox was like off, isolated somewhere, like quarantined from the entire damn process. I'm good, Not that I've I'm got gonna,
2: Mike Glennon. Right.
1: <laughs> but this was a guy who wasn't a starter for more than a year. Also, mm, side note, who also wasn't a starter but a damn year, uh, Dwayne Haskins, how's that working out? Not great, It's the answer. So Mitch Trubisky, I think. We're stuck with him. As -hmm. we mentioned, the trade deadline has come and gone. Ryan Pace is not going to own his answers because the NFL refuses to establish some sort of transparency. And so this is it. And my worry, which you highlighted in this halftime show, is that the defense is going to start to give up. They're going to get angry. Like, this is when things start to turn. We saw with Blake Bortles last year. We saw it with—this was the the example you gave with um, Mark Sanchez Sanchez and the Jets, and— I just don't see how this is good for the franchise, especially when you have so many young pieces with great upside and you have a coach who is so inside his own damn head trying to fix everything that he cannot see the forest through the trees.
2: I think what's... Yeah, it, it it's unfortunate because I like a lot of the pieces in Chicago. Hey, in 2018, I was a lifelong Bears fan. Like, this is a team that that has a lot to get excited about from a defensive perspective. They have skill position talent too like this is, it's been a little annoying at different parts of the year i feel like people have started to kind of say well the bears don't really have that much from a skill position perspective that's a little bit bullshit i think they have more than enough no target
1: anthony miller in the red zone and i yeah. guarantee he's going to convert for you
2: taylor gabriel can make plays alan robinson alan robinson was on pace heading into this game when he had like what a catch for six yards mm-hmm. he was on pace for 105 catchers and 1200 yards and six touchdowns despite playing with this dust ball as the quarterback like that's elevating beyond your situation so they have more than enough from a skill position perspective. And David
1: Montgomery is good.
2: David Montgomery is good. Tariq Cohen, I don't really like know what has happened to Tariq Cohen in this offense. Like, frankly, he scored today, but like, he just doesn't have the same role. Frankly, I think this whole situation, Matt Nagy has been on tilt since that missed kick in the playoffs. They made their entire offseason about
1: working about, out kickers, about
2: a kick, like a kicker battle. And like, you could tell it was like, oh, this team is in its own head about its kicker thing that went wrong in the playoffs. Living in the and past. Like, Oh, by the way, you're like not being able to see the forest through the trees, they were more like trying to run away from a forest fire right into a hailstorm. And the hailstorm is that they stuck with Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback, and he can't play. And if he plays another – if he starts another game for this franchise, I agree with you. Like Now you're looking at that potential Mark Sanchez situation where – how can the defense, you know, show up? It's but personal pride. Give me a break. These guys have their Incentives, bodies on the line. Right. Like, but I mean, like, they're not going to quit. But it, that frustration, it has to seep in when you're going out there and giving your best. And this quarterback has just regressed so beyond like the pale. And I think it just it seeps into the point where I think this is a loss of well beyond loss season for the Bears. And now they just have to. Uh, I don't know how you. They don't have a first round pick. No. I don't know like you're you're looking at an Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill year next year and like honestly wouldn't you kind of kill for Andy Dalton right now in this on this team?
1: Andy Dalton and Allen Robinson could do something.
2: They could do some things. Yeah. And I'm here for it. You just have to I just have to wonder what's the health of the franchise like who survives this mistake cuz like this is the type of mistake when the quarterback puts you in this spot ramifications go beyond just what happens this year? Like now, we have to wonder: Is Nagy back next year? I think it'd be quick to pull the plug on him, especially because his—I don't think you
1: can pull the plug on him, considering what he did last year. I, I mean, agree. I, and also, like, the mistake belongs to Ryan Pace,
2: right? But his no... pace is Pace back? Is well, that's are, are the Muscay
1: then... family has to answer that question.
2: And then, are but then, are you going to look at like a GM with a coach that he has to sign off? Because that's when organizations start to get into into some trouble. And, I mean, the Bears are already – they're already at this point. Like, that's the the thing about Nagy is that, like, he's – Trubisky's not his guy. He has had to – he's had to from the moment he probably interviewed for this job – to say like Elevate I him. can I can fix him yep. I can make this guy good and there were flashes but like it's just time to move on and from a fantasy angle what the hell do you do because like this was the spot to use Anthony Miller this was the spot to roll out Allen Robinson to DFS well,
1: I think that what was a little do? short sighted you're saying that that this was a spot because the Eagles secondary has been right. so beatable but. They, Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills did come back last mm-hmm. week, and that secondary was better with their starters. It yeah. wasn't nearly yeah, right. as toast-filled, so I do think that was short-sighted analysis. We mentioned it on on FFL, did, yeah, to expect a little bit of an upgrade. And now I also think, from a fantasy angle, when you see Philadelphia, you just can't assume the yeah. worst every time.
2: It's this is it's like the season is often chapters of smaller sure. seasons, and there was a October. Where we just ripped through the, you know, mm-hmm. the Eagles. It was like, Stefan Diggs needs to get right. Here's the Eagles secondary. Like, whatever you whatever you got, go watch it has changed. It has changed. Things have changed. But it's just going to, like, you know it's going to sit with people. Like, I played, this was the week for Allen Robinson to go crazy. And he had a, a catch for six yards. Like, now you know that that is, even if this matchup wasn't as juicy as we thought, now we always know that that is within the range of possible outcomes. Like, a catch for six yards On the other
1: side, David Montgomery scored twice against a vaunted Eagles run defense.
2: Yeah. So So, this this stuff is like really predictable. And I don't know how we don't get everything right all the time. Uh, Although
1: I guess we should also mention here's here was the moment for me that Matt Nagy got onto the like I've been defending Matt Nagy, but he got real on the radar. Oh,
2: yeah. I think you and I both at the same moment. (sighs) Yeah,
1: we're watching the games together. It was a, a who who fell down right near the goal line. Tariq
2: Cohen had a. a, a no,
1: it was before there was a there was a receiver. Taylor Gabriel, Taylor Gabriel fell think. down at like the two yard line, yeah. something like that. So they were clearly going to call a running play. And I was like, oh, here's Montgomery's moment. No, no, no. Matt Nagy throws in Tariq Cohen on a running play. Not some sort of gadgety, you know, a quick pass to the outside nonsense. They thought that Tariq Cohen from two yards out could clear the pile. And then it's in happy, got stuff.
2: No kidding. <laughs>
1: against Philadelphia's running defense. And Stunning. then David Montgomery on the next, on the next play got, got the opportunity. So hopefully, you know, it would be nice to imagine that David Montgomery is going to continue to get those goal line looks. He is going to continue to get fed, even when the game script isn't necessarily positive because the quarterback cannot be trusted. So at least for any of those Montgomery owners, you know that volume should be on your side. For at least the near future.
2: Yeah. Risky bet, though. I mean, he had three catches for 36 yards, which was nice. But on the ground, 14 for 40. Oh, he averaged under three yards per carry. Yeah, they trailed throughout. So, but you you came away with those touchdowns. Like, at least there's that.
1: At least there's that.
2: You know I've, like, run out of good points when it's, like, at least there's that.
1: Deshaun Jackson (laughs) came in from the abdominal injury for one catch. And then he was, like. Nah, man. He
2: did the Abe Simpson gif, you know, when he, like, walks ah. in the door and comes back
1: out. <laughs> Silver lining here, if there is one, the Eagles are on bye in Week 10. But in Week 11, they got the Patriots. So something has to be figured out. They yeah. managed to pull off a win two weeks in a row. That's great for them. And Jordan Howard, he did some stuff in a revenge theory-ish game. Yeah. And Zach Ertz did some stuff. So so maybe when you, you made the point about this Philadelphia Eagles offense— needing to get more creative. Some of that is turning around and they do have a week to maybe get Deshaun Jackson healthy or or know that he can't be relied upon and so then actually have a plan B.
2: Yeah, I think that seeing Jackson go out and then having the offense continue to be about the tight ends and the running game Because Carson Wentz, I mean, he threw 39 passes, but only averaged six yards per Mm -hmm. attempt. He took four sacks. This pass protection's really not been as good as we want it to be, but they can still run the ball really well. I mean, Jordan Howard, like you said, 19 for 82 and a touch. Miles Sanders, 10 for 42, and then chipped in three for 31 as a receiver, Mm -hmm. and that has been, Sanders has been pretty, like, he doesn't have a great role in the passing game, but he's been effective when they've targeted him
1: it's also been something that is where his floor is coming from
2: yeah it's not like it's not a great floor but it's it's something and I mean and then of course the leading receiver is Zach Ertz second leading receiver on the team is Dallas Goddard like 109 yards I mean it's 103 yards to 39 yards so it's a wide gap but still nevertheless like that was all that was working Alshon Jeffrey had three killer drops today especially the last one looked like it could be a ooh that might actually the Bears might uh, be able to capitalize on that it didn't happen of course because they have a dust ball at quarterback but like nevertheless it was a situation where this wide receiver court again showed it cannot be relied on and <laughs> i mean nelson aguilar after elshon Jeffries, the second leading wide receiver on the team for three for twenty one and then you've got uh no other wide receiver sketch to pass besides Deshaun Jackson.
1: For five for, yards. For five yards. So
2: One. <laughs> I think I think the Eagles can still, especially going into a bye week, that's this nice. This is
1: it. This is it. This is the gift for them. Yeah.
2: Find find that identity through these new pieces, these younger guys like Sanders and Goddard, who count who uh counterpart really good veterans in Jordan Howard and uh, Zach Hurts
1: yes so let's talk about we talked about the Eagles backfield let's talk about Kansas City's backfield because I feel like since oh August it's put us on tilt like we have been waffling back and forth because frankly Indy Reid has waffled a bit or at least he's not showing his hand I don't want to say he's waffling perhaps but heading into week nine LaShawn McCoy was averaging about 11 opportunities per game snap rate of 38 percent Damian Williams about 11 opportunities per game. Snap rate of 35%. Darryl Williams, 24%. A little more than four opportunities per game. It looked for a minute like LaShawn McCoy was the answer. And then he fumbled last week. And after he fumbled, then Damian Williams became the answer. But then in this week, it looks like Damian Williams has been, is is the guy. I don't even want to say anything declarative. Yeah.
2: No, I don't think you can say anything declarative. So keep that in mind. But I think Damian Williams does – like also, by the way, I think it was Tres Paler, our colleague, tweeted out like that, you know, the Chiefs really are still – they're definitely still searching for answers in the backfield and they still really like rookie Darwin Thompson a lot. And I wanted to reply and be like, "Tress, don't you dare.
1: Don't add another. <laughs>
2: don't, don't, no, no, no! Don't bring up Darwin Thompson to me, because that was oh, like, oh yeah, there was a portion where it's like that was I can't, your
1: face melting. Yeah, thing. yeah,
2: because yeah. I was like, I can't leave a, I can't leave a fantasy draft without Darwin Thompson. Think about that ceiling. Uh, yeah, then they signed LaShawn McCoy, and my face melted off. Anyways, but back to the current state of things and the ceiling. This is
1: with Damien Williams. It
2: does because it appears that he has the best role on the team. He has not played a full season, obviously, but he still has run more routes than any running back on this team. So he's been a clear factor in the passing game. And I mean, he obviously had a big run today. But he's still... 91 I, yards. I mean, these these chuckleheads behind him, like, McCoy's just not getting it done. Like, I know he has the fumbling issue, but also, like, he's had a couple of pop runs, like, his first few games that he played there, but I don't think he looks good anymore. Do you
1: remember a couple of weeks ago where we were a little bit stunned but had come to the conclusion that Shady was now the early downs grinder? The
2: early down grinder, right? yeah.
1: I think that that's kind of where we're at, and maybe Williams wasn't all the way healthy. He had that soft tissue issue, yeah. and so they're waiting for that to fully heal up, and now that he's healthy... I guess if I have to mess, and obviously having Matt more under center, despite the win, caps the ceiling on a lot of these players altogether, right? When Patrick Mahomes is back in week 10, as it is expected, some of this will change. But if I have to throw a dart at one of these running backs, and I'm not, like, I don't want to mess with these guys in DFS. I don't don't want to do it if I don't have to. But if I do have to, I think Williams is going to be the answer.
2: And it, it could very well be that, like, I think your point about him now being healthy is really important because it could very well be that he just wasn't healthy, and that's why he wasn't getting the work coming off that injury, and that's why it looked like a muddied committee where, like, Daryl Williams is getting burned and McCoy is getting those early down looks and Damian Williams is pretty much only... There was one game, I can't remember what it was, but he was out there for 18 plays, 17 of which were pass plays, like, that he wasn't getting any rushing work at all, so that could very well be the answer. And then you're looking at a situation where, and this is why... Taking the victory lap on a player that was is bad is is always dangerous because you can be my my buddy Sigmund Bloom likes to say it, you can be right and wrong about a player in one season. And like if you faded Damian Williams and you were peacocking out there on the Twitter streets, you were looking good those <laughs> first eight weeks of the season. But like, what if there's a very real scenario where from weeks 10 to 16, Damian Williams, like he could be not the guy that he was to end 2018, but could very well be lead back in a Patrick Mahomes led offense and like, Hey, look, that's going to, that's going to win you some fantasy games.
1: Any thoughts on Adam Thielen re-injuring his hamstring? We were talking about a player not getting fully healthy and how that affected his production in, in, in Damian Williams. And so Adam Thielen comes out missed last week, had this again. It's a soft tissue issue, re-injures it immediately. And now we're talking about BC Johnson and Laquan Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell Three
2: for 58. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gross.
1: I think there was a window to sell high on Thielen. And if you didn't do it, I don't know if, I don't, I think you're just stuck here.
2: Yeah. The tough part is, you know, these guys, Thielen and Diggs, have great individual ceilings because they're great players. But working
1: in concert together has always been.
2: Well, it's been tough this year yeah. because they want to run the ball and they're running it. I mean, they're running it. Very effectively. I mean, three point four yards per carry today for Dalvin Cook, but still twenty. I mean, twenty-one rushes. That's uh, <laughs> that's good. That's that's what they want to do. So I don't know. Today just looked like Kirk Cousins wasn't playing in peak form. There was a couple plays, you know, going into this this week. Uh, from the month of October, you've been, like the most efficient passer in the league statistically, like the best quarterback in the NFL. But you know that there are just plays that Kirk Cousins can't make, and like, people are watching, and people are watching. So
1: because this game was at Arrowhead, exactly. If if people are watching, can't count on Kirk.
2: Unless it's Thursday night football against uh, Washington, but was anyone really watching that? Nobody's game? watching
1: it's against Washington. Come on, that's a revenge game anyway. Are, are
2: you kidding? Yeah, that's a, the revenge narrative outweighed the watching narrative, the primetime narrative. The narrative when narrative just collide, man, it could be tough.
1: Then the Vikings are at Dallas as a heads up next week. People
2: are watching that.
1: That one is people. People might be the folks are watching.
2: I mean, did they play on Thanksgiving because like that's when that's when the narrative will really be written.
1: I don't know the Thanksgiving schedule right I'm now. Th- Matt. I just I'm got sorry. really I just got really excited
2: thinking about Thanksgiving? Um, Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, that food's trash.
2: I mean, but it's a fun holiday. I guess.
0: <laughs> I actually was looking at it this morning. We got we got uh Chicago at Detroit. We have Buffalo at Dallas and then uh New Orleans and Atlanta. I oh, that's a nice
1: home. that'll be interesting. forgot who's
0: home for that one. Atlanta's last horrible, but They're that might Atlanta. be a nice
1: fireworks opportunity for
0: it's
2: yeah, in man. Atlanta. Uh, let me tell you what.
1: Hey, I hear Matt Ryan's no good on grass.
2: <laughs> well, but it's in Atlanta, so that's all it that matters. I, know. Um, I
1: hear jebreeze ain't good out of a dome.
2: But at least he's but in it's this in a dome! new dome.
1: <laughs> Another dome that is sponsored by Mercedes-Benz, by the way.
2: Right? Beautiful. Corporate sponsorships. Uh, Thank you, me- Mercedes-Benz, for gifting all of us a new car today.
1: I was in a Mercedes-Benz on Friday night. Go on. I was not driving. And Obviously. I was trying to find the lights to look something up, and I accidentally pre- pressed the nine one one button. The light.
2: there's a nine one one button in the car. Yes, Mercedes Benz that fancy. cares? About I don't know safety. anything that
1: fancy. It's like what? That. It's Why like, do you need that? I don't know. Well, maybe I don't know because if you're if you're rich enough to afford a Mercedes Benz, then like you probably want to keep yourself safe.
0: <laughs> Does it go to the special rich person's number nine one two?
1: It went somewhere. And then my friend was like, What are you doing? You just, this was not her car. This it's, whole thing sounds very shady oh now. Oh, boy. But this was not her car. And so, anyway, they called and car? they were like, No, it was not a rental car. It was another G- person. You
2: stole car. a car.
1: I mean, borrowed?
2: Bar- adva- advanced borrowing.
1: Yeah. Anyway, let me tell you if you have a Mercedes Benz and you got you, that
2: 911 button,
1: they are on it. They are like, Yes, can we help you? And I was like, No.
2: I mean, don't.
0: If no, don't. Especially since we're driving in a maybe stolen car. <laughs> it hurts society to have a rich person lost, right? So we gotta we gotta make sure the rich people are protected. I think at what all you costs.
2: really wanted to say, Liz, is that if you're rich enough to afford a Mercedes Benz, you definitely like to call the cops. So people are too loud, you know, all that sort of thing.
1: I was the loud one in the car. It was uh, a fun
2: night. I'm aware. I've been out with you before, Liz. <laughs> I'm, I'm also, familiar I with a... the experience.
1: Oh, okay. I also took um. A Tesla, like a Lux lift, this weekend, oh. and I took the new Tesla, which is basically like sitting in a bullet. That thing goes crazy fast. Also, the driver was like watching the TV screen the whole time, and I was yeah, like,
0: "That makes me nervous." Oh, right there, you know who's going crazy fast like a new car today?
1: Adrian Peterson right. ain't showing any of That's the right. tread on those tires. This I mean, you had cool, Devin
2: Singletary in the in this game as a rookie, like
1: well, his nickname is Motor. Is that where you wanting to go?
2: Yeah, you really had. I mean, listen, you gotta, I was
1: picking up on Brett's cues. That's kind of what you do. You don't try to just, like, Bogart your own agenda in. You, like, play this back and forth. It's kind of a give and a take. So we're going to talk about Adrian Peterson now and how he is the most reliable—look at me (laughs) he is the most reliable running back because despite game flow, like we were talking about with David Montgomery— Bill Callahan wants to turn back the clock to 1999. You cannot look at me. Look at me. Look at me. (laughs) Not with your glasses off. Look at me. And um, feed Adrian Peterson because Dwayne Haskins ain't it either.
2: Ain't it.
1: Isn't that interesting, though? You've got Mitch Trubisky and David Montgomery and Matt Nagy's like, okay, fine. And then I wonder if Bill Callahan was like watching Chicago and he was like, you know what? We're just going to save ourselves a bunch of weeks. I'm the interim guy. Just give it to AP.
2: Yeah, no, this is not like a – I'm convinced now. I am quite convinced now that this is not a game plan situation. This is not like an offensive philosophy thing. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he wants to run the ball because he like, he's an offensive line coach, whatever. He's a running game guy, sure. But Bill Callahan, he's just trying to run the clock out on the season. Every Sunday, Washington finishes as the first game so fast. They run they don't just run the hell out of the ball. They run the hell out of the clock, which honestly, thank you, because you suck. We don't want to watch you anymore. The best thing you can do is just run the clock out on the season. Get these games over. The- like today, let Adrian
1: Peterson just break note, the record, the clock from the beginning.
2: These I just games-
0: Googled Washington Redskins games length. And I just the top hit is 49ers win over Redskins in shortest NFL game in 10 years. Yes. There it is.
2: <laughs> yes. And today they were the first game wrapped up between them and Buffalo. They were done. They were done so fast. Like, this is what it's they— were so fast. Even, even the Thursday night game against Minnesota, and, like, when they meet a team like Minnesota that wants to run the out of the ball, too, oh, man, that game, that's going to fly right by because I'm sitting here on Thursday night. I'm like, I didn't have to be anywhere until 9.15—
0: I was early. I mean. Dan Snyder's I, a rich guy, probably drives a Mercedes. He He's money. He's uh, eco-conscious. He's got one of
1: those Lincoln, Lincoln
0: oh, weird. Town SUV weird situ- oh. like, I don't drive tank myself tank. anymore. Yeah, he's got a driver. His time is money. Calling a timeout is wasting money.
1: Adrian Peterson was the RB18 on the week thus far. He is going to get you RB3 production every single week. Another 100-yard effort. He's been This is it. This is the volume play. So if you held on to him, I know it's not sexy. I know he's not attached. He breaks all of the rules that we normally preach about being attached to a high octane offense, but. Unlike Mark Walton in Miami, sure, this offense stinks, but also he is getting the goal line, which is the difference between him and, say, Devin Singletary or Mark Walton.
2: Mm -hmm. And the good news is, even like you said, it doesn't feel great to start Adrian Peterson. The game's going to be over so quickly, it won't feel that bad. It'll be over before you know it. So
1: did you want to talk about Devin Singletary and how he looks good, but he's still probably not going to get most of the goal line
0: work?
2: yeah i don't know he did
1: score this week
2: he scored he had a great day as a receiver um Mm -hmm. over 40 yards and he like i thought he really proved to be a sustaining force for the for the running game too over 20 carries 4.8 yards per carry but his longest run was 17 yards so i think that's a nice like okay there's no big run pumping up that ypc average um i think overall like buffalo is a defense first run oriented team But they've never had a feature back. And I don't know if Devin Singletary is a feature back, but I think he's the best shot we have to get one in this really good situation for a team like that. And, you know, Singletary's kind of had like a weird rookie year, right? Because he comes out week one, plays all these snaps, but gets just four carries. And was hurt. And then got hurt in week two after he was starting to play well against the Giants. Then he comes back, and I think, again— like Damien Williams eased into the action mm-hmm. a little bit. But this looked like – I think we could easily look back at week nine of the 2019 season as the moment where Frank Gore passes the torch to Devin Singletary the rest of the
0: year.
1: There's only some trepidation about perhaps re-injuring, right? Because we have we see a lot of these running backs have 15 carries, say, limits because the fear, like James Conner, if you overload them, they won't be able to stay on the field. And since Singletary has already um, given us that or maybe the coaching staff that impression – Mm-hmm. Then maybe you keep Gore available longer, oh, and yeah, also I mean, you like leave Gore's legs fresh for like scoring opportunities. Yeah, that th- makes sense.
2: Gore's too. not like gonna go away. No. Like he didn't go away today, but they're like in an ideal situation, they want to run the ball enough where I think Gore can get ten to twelve touches, yep. and Singletary can still get eighteen ish or something yep. like that, and that's enough to still make Singletary a really good play in fantasy. And it's just we watched a lot of bad quarterbacks today. There were still some times where it was like. Man, ooh, bad backup quarterback there. Ooh, ooh. Oh, wait, no, that was actually Josh Allen. Like, he still makes enough plays that, like, they can't put the offense on him, so it, they have to run the ball.
1: Nice schedule upcoming, too, at Cleveland and then at Miami. So if you lost Faith last week in Singletary and you benched him, don't do it again next week because I think he will continue to produce. And I believe Matt is saying the same thing.
2: I am saying the same thing.
1: All right, where do you want to go next, friend? Do you want to talk about your boy, Tyler Lockett? On.
2: No. I'm going to turn it Can we turn that game on?
1: Nope. This is you do your job, and then you get the reward. Like a puppy <sighs> like Charlie. You do the same thing to Charlie. You go poo-poo, you get a treat. So let's talk about Tyler Lockett.
2: Yeah, Tyler Lockett rocks. Seahawks offense, like, this was the classic Russell Wilson bails them out at the end. He's the savior. And, oh, by the way, like, Tyler Lockett's good, no DK doubt about Metcalf. it. DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is good. And, like— That
1: sideline catch in, in overtime— We both gasped at the same time when he reeled it in. Right to his belly.
2: Lockett, heading into Sunday Night Football, is the number one wide receiver on the Week 9 slate. Mike Evans, same game, number two. And the number three is DK Metcalf with six catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. And, like... DK Metcalf, I still had people tweeting me today that he's actually not good or, you know, whatever. Look, like, which is unbelievable that you want to die on that hill in this one, like his best NFL game. I don't know that if I don't know that Metcalf would have been good anywhere he went, but like, because I think he does have a very narrow, like a great skill set, but a very narrow skill set. There are only certain things that he can do, and he's with the perfect quarterback to do that. But like I just feel really lucky that we ended up getting him with a team that sees like, okay, Metcalf can run these three routes. And he's going to get better every week. Like he's he's he, he is improving. He We've is improving every single week, and he's already shown you that he's a baseline quality starting receiver. And now, if he grows even more, that I still I said this during the draft season. I stand by it. I still think his best, his highest, the peak of his range of outcomes is Des Bryant. And he's making plays that are Des ish. Like again, that's his highest range. I'm not saying he is going to be Dez Bryant. He's certainly not already, but. He's showing the ability that, like, when the, they need him to be a big factor, he can be a big factor. And, and now they're adding Josh Gordon to the mix. Like, this is a fun set of skill position players for Russell Wilson here with Lockett. I mean, like a three wide receiver set of DK Metcalf, based on what he's shown so far on one side as like a flanker, or whatever. Josh Gordon as the X or the flanker, and then Lockett inside In the doing all that dirty work. Damn, that's nice.
1: A lot of people. I'm glad you mentioned the Josh Gordon news. Wanted, you know, the take. What does this mean? Who? This hurts Metcalf. This hurts David Moore. First of all, this, this, David Moore. Don't whatever.
2: That doesn't exist. It's not a thing. Juran, Juran Brown. Remember that?
1: Yeah, m- yeah, I do. <laughs> you
2: had some good talking points. That we'll always remember you fondly.
1: Also, this was um, my boy. The tight end went out, and so they needed the another big, big meat, body. Meat
2: Mountain from Montana. The big will Disley. From big Sky. Will uh, Disley. Meat Mountain from Montana. Meat
1: Mountain. <laughs> rather than this hurting any single receiver, I think this boosts Russell Wilson's value. And and I will stand by that. I I think this just becomes a more potent offense. I don't think this really cuts into anyone's massive volume. Maybe there's a little bit of like a fewer, fewer balls to go around. I think that you still have Tyler Lockett as your number one and DK Metcalf as your number two. And then maybe some gets left over for Gordon.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Interestingly. So wait, where would you put Gordon like... Heading it, let us say he's going to play next week. They, uh, the Seahawks have a division game, I believe, at San Francisco Oof. next week. Yeah. Well, that's—I mean, Emmanuel <clears throat> Mosley ain't great. He isn't yeah. a whole lot, right? Like, that's a beatable matchup.
2: And it's Ross. He can thrive in a lot of different situations. And we
1: saw what Kyler did on Thursday night against the 49ers, right? That was like an upside-down game. Mm-hmm. So where are you placing Josh Gordon— ros in terms of production and i'm not like don't i'm not asking for fearless forecast but like no. a wide receiver three or four this
2: grand collection yep. of the zach pascal preston williams 30 like, to 40 yep 30 to 40 guys that could have big weeks could not very volatile but like likely aren't going to make the difference in your fantasy Match-up season. dependent yes
1: with you 100 percent. just wanted to clarify all of that in case for, we had questions for about the it. people for the people at san francisco yeah This is gonna be a tough game. And also, oh, the other thing, Tampa Bay, who played the Seahawks in week nine, face Arizona in week eleven. Very nice. I like the idea of Tampa Bay and Arizona. I like it for Arizona as a get-right spot.
2: Feels like one of those offenses like or one of those games where the offenses could either go completely wild or throw up all over each other and like the under hits big.
1: (sighs) Tampa Bay's run defense is quite good.
2: Mm-hmm. Arizona runs the ball really well, as we right, saw. So with Right, so that Drake. means
1: that there's now there's more time for Cliff Kingsbury to prepare because he's had a ten day layover since he played on Thursday night. So he should probably game plan against the the past defense, figure and... out the best
2: way to ice his own defense. Yeah, you didn't watch that game on Thursday night. It was a it was, it a was thing.
1: Halloween, guys. <laughs> I was yeah. too busy like trolling you, little well, kids you, dressed you as Mitch Yeah, you have
2: children. I I don't. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't do any Halloween fun things. I watched a football game.
1: So after dropping, coming out of the bye, the Raiders were looking like they might play spoiler, and then they dropped two. But against the Lions, they won, and Derek Carr was a fantasy damage pick. He was a chalk sleeper, I'll admit it, like across the board this week. Josh Jacobs continues to be awesome, and... The Raiders are doing things, but when I look at this matchup, I don't see anything that I haven't already assumed about these two teams, whether it's muddiness in Detroit's backfield or the fact that Darren Waller's a damn stud.
2: Yeah, I think it's just like real credit to the Raiders and credit to John Gruden. Like this team is pretty good like offensively i think they do some really cool creative things and i was saying this when i was charting amari cooper for reception perception like john gruden was doing a lot with moving him around that no other coaching staff had done previously in oakland and it didn't work out production wise but it obviously did when he went to dallas and they followed a very similar blueprint so i give credit to john gruden like both these quarterbacks over nine yards per attempt in this game and i think the different one of the differences in it was like oakland I mean they they can establish the run because talk about a damn stud. Josh Jacobs is a damn stud. And like tw- like remember when people were worried about and like this is a legitimate worry cuz it's just part of data scouting wasn't like a starter. wasn't a starter, never carried a full workload, 28 carries, 120 yards, two touchdowns, like oh by the way, he was 12th in uh yards from scrimmage coming into this game, 13th among running backs in touches. Guy's a a complete workhorse. And, oh, oh, by the way, though, the haters who were upset about Danny Amendola today, three for 29. Mm. While Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay eight big.
1: We should also note that Mike Daniels, the, uh, For the lions was out again this week so there was some talk as to whether or not he would play so i do think that helped josh jacobs i'm with you that he's a stud and when i say that darren waller is a stud too his stat line may not have if you watched the game you saw him really well like a 30 yard catch yeah and it was gorgeous yep
2: two for 52
1: so not uh in terms of fantasy massive production but irl a joy to watch
2: yeah, Darius Slay was back in this game, too, yep. for the Lions. And Tyrell Williams, like, he'd been living off touchdowns. He'd scored in every game. And, like, I made him my pick of a player I liked this week. And it, it, you're living with that volatility and that variance because he goes three for 48 and no touchdowns. And looks like a bit of a, uh, bit of a mistake in your lineup. Also, it's worth noting, like, Darren Waller's great. They kind of have something in Foster Moreau, too. Rookie tight end who scored a touchdown in this game. He's popped up every now and again in the season too. Well,
1: he, I think, is more of a prototypical sure. receiving tight end, whereas Waller has just been a, a wide, a wide he's receiver. He's a wide receiver, yeah. right? So he's playing a different role. Hunter Renfro scored two weeks in a row. How dirty does that make you feel?
2: I liked Hunter Renfro coming into you the year. You did not. I liked him as a. I liked him as a prospect coming into the draft, but like people got hyped about. I mean, people.
1: Wait. <laughs> people,
2: people got hyped. Wait, of,
1: I liked him. Not over Hard Knocks. You know when yeah. I decided to like him. What is the sh- what is the game that I make all my take? Locks oh, the in? Senior Bowl. Yeah, lock that take great, in, in the Senior Bowl. He had a great outing at the Senior Bowl.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean you locked that take in Then you didn't. You're not a sheep that likes him from Hard Knocks. You're not one of these like every fantasy writer who's like, ah, oh, there's a player who looks just like me in the NFL. It's well, none of them look just like
1: me. So no,
2: can confirm
1: that's not true. You want to do some quick hits? Sure. All right. One sentence each. Green Bay Chargers.
2: What the hell? Packers. What the hell?
1: Ken Wisenhut. How's that man cave coming?
2: Oh, you hate to see it.
1: Zing. Two touchdowns for Melvin Gordon. I like that. Cleveland at Denver.
2: Goodbye, Browns.
1: OBJ is already whining.
2: Yeah, I mean, I get it, though. Like,
1: Maybe it was his cleats.
2: Maybe it was the cleats.
1: Maybe he needs some new shoes. Lord knows he's given all his shoes away. Yeah. If you stop giving away your shoes. Sure. Houston, Jacksonville.
2: Thoughts if Foles comes back after the bye. Well, I think it changes I think they should stick with Gardner Minshew, but I think that they'll probably lock themselves into the take that this game means more than all the other games previous, and then they'll they'll probably go back to Foles.
1: Which would do, I think we both agree, uh shave the ceiling. I think you can off disagree DJ Chark? off DJ Shark yep, a little bit. I think so too. Jets at Miami. How the heck are the, are the Dolphins going to tank for 2-0 now?
2: And the Jets are just, they're so bad that we talked about this on the Thursday pod with Scott. They have the easiest remaining strength of schedule, according to Sharp Football stats. But I think they are too bad to take advantage of it. Like Le'Veon Bell, would you say he was the RB10? He's the RB10 on
1: the week, over 100 scrimmage yards. Like, people are like, what's wrong with Le'Veon Bell? Took 25 touches to
2: get there. Took 25 touches to get 121 scoreless yards. Robbie Anderson is dust. Chris Herndon, who even knows? Um, Like, maybe that guy will play in twenty thirty. But your boy
1: Demarius Thomas.
2: Demarius Thomas, he's out there playing snaps in 11. Personnel, <laughs> let me tell you what. Um, you tell me what. And Jamison Crowder, of course, gets his eight catches God. for, like, 80 meaningless yards. Oh,
1: my eyes are bleeding. So,
2: Gase is one and done. This offense sucks. Let's uh, We'll see in 2020. 2020 Le'Veon Bell still going to
1: produce. I mean, this is what's going to happen. He is now going to get fed because Greg floor, Williams is going to say, play. enough of you. Let my defense, what's left of it,
2: uh, I mean, handle it, something. Those guys are going to kill each other before the season ends. It's going
1: to be great. Tennessee at Carolina. I got nothing here. When someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Ryan handling in at Arizona at San Francisco.
2: The Cardinals have one of the best rushing situations in the entire NFL. Cliff Kingsbury's scheme has shown us that – that it can produce quality running backs i think they run block pretty well and like not only that they spread the field we know they play a ton of like four wide receiver sets it's great when you get blocked that's the you want to get blockers out of the box for your running back spread the field with a bunch of wide receivers you chuckle heads and oh by the way they have a mobile quarterback which also helps running backs too so in the end Kenyon drake i, I don't think he's gonna he be putting
1: it. up 100 yards at Tampa no. bay next week
2: no of course not but it just goes to show you that, like, hey, if a running back is playing for Arizona, you should probably pay attention because, like, we've seen, like, Kenyon Drake just did his best Chase Edmonds impression.
1: I also thought it was there was some debate as to whether or not Zach Zenner might see a little bit of run near the goal line. All of those, the, the talk heading in to the game, according to the beat writers, was that, was that there was going to be a lot of Kenyon Drake, and at least we know the volume will be on his side. Yeah. All right, we will be back on Friday. Y'all, follow us on Twitter at Yahoo. Fantasy, I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF, and that is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Um, I believe we are out.
2: We are out. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.